When the piece starts out, it's actually a flash forward to when she's hideous. And it's this gigantic scream that you hear. You don't know that, though, until you get the little flash back and you hear this beautiful harp and violin. But this is the first time that the violinist comes in as, as Medusa. And then you hear her uh, basically seduce Apollo in Athena's temple, which is a big no-no. And <laughs> Athena gets mad. You hear that, too. And she transforms Medusa into the Gorgon. Stacey Garrup talking about the music that we're hearing. The piece is called Becoming Medusa, this beautiful woman in Greek mythology who became a hideous woman with snakes for hair who turned people to stone when they looked at her. It's quite a story, quite an inspiration for music. Stacy is my guest on the program today. She's a wonderful composer, and in fact, she was one of my early composition teachers. So it's a real pleasure to talk with her about this piece, Becoming Medusa. This is the first movement of the Mythology Symphony, which has just been recorded by the CCPA Symphony under Alandra de la Parra. CCPA stands for the Chicago College of Performing Arts. That's where I went to school, got my master's degree. That's where stacy has been a professor of composition for many, many years, but not for much longer. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. I'm so happy to have Stacy Garrup on the program today. Like I said, she was an early composition teacher of mine. I've been following her career with interest, and I was very happy to see this new release, The Mythology Symphony. This is a piece that she's been working on for some time. We heard her talking a little bit at the top of the program about becoming Medusa, and I'm going to play the entire movement for you in just a moment. But first, here's Stacy again to tell us just a little bit more about the specific inspiration for this music. There was a, an award called the Elaine Lebenbaum Prize that was given out by the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. And this was Detroit's first year of offering the award. And I happened to uh, submit a couple pieces, and I got chosen. Um, so great, I get to write a new piece. What should it be about? I noticed that the uh, concert master was actually a concert mistress, which at that point seemed a little unusual. I wasn't used to seeing uh, the first violinist being a female. Um, I was working on a, a couple other pieces at the time involving Greek mythology. So this is well before my whole Greek mythology kick began. But I've been reading about Medusa. And I thought, how cool would it be if the concert mistress would get a few solos along the way and actually be the personality of Medusa? So that's how uh, the whole premise began, was, was just with this one piece called Becoming Medusa. That's Stacey Garrup, my guest on the program today, talking about the inspiration for Becoming Medusa. We're about to hear the entire piece in just a moment. So the first movement of her mythology symphony, and I guess it is kind of unusual to have a female concertmaster or a concertmistress, as Stacy puts it. That's a shame, but it's a wonderful thing by the Detroit Symphony Orchestra that they have such a great violinist as their concertmaster. That position is kind of the number two under the conductor in the orchestra. The concertmaster tunes the strings. Actually, they tune the whole orchestra, and they're responsible for the bowings in the strings. So they really are kind of the second in command of the orchestra. Let's hear Becoming Medusa, the first movement of the Mythology Symphony by Stacey Garrup. We're going to hear again the CCPA Symphony Orchestra, led by Alandra de la Parra. And as you listen to this music, see if you can hear the scream where she realizes that she's now hideous, the part where she seduces Apollo and Athena's temple, all of that good stuff, the organized chaos, all the wonderful things that she was telling us about in the music. 
That's the very first movement. In fact, it was the first piece of music that was composed for the Mythology Symphony by Stacey Garrup. We heard the CCPA Symphony Orchestra performing Becoming Medusa. They were led by Alandra de la Para. What a great performance. I love that piece. It's, I think all of the elements that she talks about are there. You can really hear the scream. You can hear all of the elements of this story of this beautiful woman who makes a mistake, <laughs> as so many mortals do with the gods, where the gods are concerned. And if you ask me, I'm not always sure that the rules of behavior are as clear as they should be between mortals and gods. And gosh, if you make a mistake, the consequences are, are enormous. In this case, she became very ugly and had snakes for hair. So uh, enormous consequences there. It's a message to all of us to just leave the gods alone. Stacey Garrup is my guest on the program today, and I'm going to play an excerpt now of our conversation in which we talk about, well, now that this movement, Becoming Medusa, was written, how did it become a whole symphony? Where did the inspiration for the other movements come from? When I was in residence with the Albany Symphony, David Allen Miller sent me an email called Medusa's Friends. And in the email, he suggested that why don't I, um, as part of the Albany residence, write a few more movements to accompany Medusa and have it fleshed out and maybe be female characters from different cultures. And I loved the idea of making it into a symphony. So um, I put, I added two movements at that point, uh, the Lovely Sirens and then the Fates of Man. These are, There are three sisters of fate uh, that would spin um, and measure and cut the thread of all men's lives. So those were the two movements that got added for Albany. And I thought it would just have four movements total at that point. I thought I was waiting for a commission for just one more movement. But a music critic in Albany wrote an interesting critique that there was too much drama. And it was the first time that I felt like a critic had said something really useful to me. It wasn't just like, oh, it's beautiful, but actually, no, there's a mistake going on here. It's too much drama. You need some downtime. Too much drama. Uh, I mean, like too much <laughs> high drama, too yeah. much uh, emotional intensity, too much. What, what do you think he meant by that? Uh, well, Becoming Medusa depicts basically uh, a beautiful woman who then becomes the, the hideous Gorgon that we know her to be. And Sirens uh, gets more and more intense as you hear the sailors turn their ship towards the rocks. Um, and so that gets louder and louder and louder. And the same thing with the fates of man. The three sisters, he, this man basically pleads his case to the three sisters to please let him extend his life a little bit longer, and each sister turns him down in a big moment of passion. So you basically have that two-thirds, one-third uh, structure that you see in novels or movies a lot, where there's a lot of tension that keeps building, and then there's a big release, and then the, the piece more or less dies slowly. But the idea was he was right. There was just too many high points. There wasn't enough downtime. But he knows this is Greek mythology, right? Yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> There's the not problem. a lot of downtime in, in Greek mythology. That was it's probably like... one of my first thoughts is, what does this guy mean? <laughs> Doesn't he know his character? Oh, go, go, go. <laughs> but then I read about Queen Penelope, who was the wife of Odysseus, and how she waited patiently for 20 years for his for her husband to come back from the Trojan Wars. While he's hanging out on the island with Circe. <laughs> <laughs> Doing all sorts of stuff. And she's just sitting there, and she's putting, keeping her, um, her suitors at bay. All these suitors have come because they think that Odysseus isn't going to return. So she keeps weaving this um, cloth. I don't know if, I can't remember if it was for um, a rug or what it was for. But she would basically say, when I finish this, then I'll choose one of you. But every night she undoes what she did the day before so that she never really progresses any further. And these guys don't know a lot about weaving. So Apparently not. <laughs> they're terrible. Like, oh, I don't know. Is this about what it takes? Yeah, I think it takes about this long, right? <laughs> and they're not very observant detail. She keeps erasing the detail that she right. just added. So basically, that, that was a six-minute movement that was really calm. 
That's a little bit of my conversation with Stacey Garrett, who is my guest on the program today. We're talking about her mythology symphony, having a great time doing so. Let's hear two movements from the symphony now, movements two and three. We're going to hear Penelope Waits and then The Fates of Man. Here again is the CCPA Symphony Orchestra, led by Alondra de la Parra.
This music by Stacey Garrup, The Fates of Man. I think it's exactly what she was talking about. So much drama, this kind of incredible push towards the end. The fates in Greek mythology, they lay out the cloth of a man's life, and at the end, they cut it. And we certainly hear that in the music. Before that, we heard Penelope Waits, which is the second movement of the Mythology Symphony by Stacey Garrup. This is Penelope, the ever-faithful wife of Odysseus, waiting for him to get home as he has what is quite possibly one of the world's worst commutes, getting home from the Trojan War. It takes him 10 years, actually, to get home. So whatever you've had to deal with after work probably wasn't as bad as what Odysseus dealt with. We heard the CCPA Symphony Orchestra, led by Alondra de la Parra, two movements from the Mythology Symphony. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. My guest today is Stacey Garrup and the new release of her Mythology Symphony. To subscribe to our podcast or for streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, you can visit relevanttones.com. My guest on the program is Stacey Garrup today. She was a composition teacher of mine, and she's a wonderful composer, and I am in love with this piece, The Mythology Symphony. It's a relatively new release out from the CCPA, or Chicago College of Performing Arts Symphony. So I'm playing actually the entire symphony on the program today. I don't normally do this, but I wanted to play the whole piece, especially since I got to talk with Stacey about the music, of course, but she also laid some pretty heavy news on me. I always thought I would be part teacher and part composer. Um, the question is, what's the right formula? Um, what's the balance? Right after school, um, I graduated in, I think it was May of 2000, and I started teaching at Roosevelt University in September of 2000. So I went straight into this academic position, which I've, I've had for 16 years. Um, and for uh, probably the first eight or 10 years or so, the balance really was fine. I felt like I was getting a huge amount uh, accomplished and um, the academic world, I was getting classes together and um, really figuring out lesson teaching, and I really felt like I was helping students along, and then I was also able to do a lot of composing on the side. But eventually, people, as you start to get older, maybe your priorities start to shift, or you know, you have um, family things or whatever else that comes up. And in my own personal life, um, I began having some health issues that really limited down how much I could do. Um, and that's where I began to think, what do I want with the rest of my life? And as much as I love the teaching, I do love composing a little bit more. So I'm trying to uh, base, well, I basically step down from my full-time position as of well, August 1st or August 30th of this year. That, that position will be over. I'll be adjunct for next year, uh, teaching one day a week, uh, studio lessons, until they find my replacement, and then I will be out. So it's a little bit scary. This I was going to say, is that kind of you know <laughs> exhilarating, terrifying? Or? It's a little bit of both. There was a moment um, where it's like, yes, I can finally compose, and then oh my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> hey, you've quit your job, is what you've done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so many people have said, doesn't don't people head in the opposite direction? Don't they go from being unemployed to full time employed? Well, especially and, a tenured professor, right? Which and is what every you know so many composers are, are, are clamoring for. I think it really depends on where you are in life and and what you want. When I was coming out of school. Um, I had trained to be a teacher. I got in those four years of teaching experience, um, and it, that's what propelled me into the job. And teaching for as long as I have, I, it's been an incredible education for myself because anytime you work with students, you have to be able to explain and clarify and, and help their minds grow um, and talk about different musical parameters. That only strengthens a composer's output themselves. So um, for me, I was, I'll always be grateful that I had that opportunity um, right when I got out of school. But I do feel like um, I'm at a point where I'm watching other composers who are in my age group or even younger now that are getting wonderful opportunities, and they're able to do it because they, are, they aren't teaching. 
They're basically devoting their lives to the craft of composing. And if I want to be an opera composer, which is what I want to be, um, I've got to start to transition because it's not going to happen while I'm doing both. That's Stacey Garrup talking to me about what I consider to be an extraordinary decision to give up a tenured professorship at a major university in a major city like Chicago. I mean, this is something that most composers, I, I think, would probably kill another composer for. They would go Greek mythology on you in a heartbeat to get a tenured professor like this. So what an exciting, but I think also terrifying decision, although I love a leap of faith of any kind. So I, I think it's wonderful, and it was great to be able to talk with her about that. And of course, we at Relevant Tones are just really excited about this next chapter for Stacy and excited to hear what comes out of it. But in the meantime, let's hear some more of the Mythology Symphony. Here's Stacy again to tell us about the inspiration for the last movement of the piece, Pandora Undone. With Pandora, uh, I, I found, too, that so one of the problems is how do you create even more drama? And I did that by having just a whole bunch of chaos happen when the box is open. The other problem was that uh, composers' styles don't always stay the same from when you, you know, from one year to the next. So I'm looking back at the language I wrote in 2007, and I had to somehow mimic that in 2010 and 11 when I wrote uh, Fates and Sirens, and then again in 2012 uh, and 13 when I was finishing up these other two movements. So it, there were a lot of challenges to keep it all together, but I feel like for me, uh, Pandora is the right ending for the entire piece. Because of hope. Then, yeah, there's a little bit of hope. So after all this ugliness and chaos that you hear, this nice, beautiful chord sonority comes out as hope is rising towards the ceiling of the room. That was Stacey Garrup talking about the final moments of the piece as this beautiful chord rises up to the top of the concert hall. Pandora Undone is the final movement of the symphony. First, though, let's hear The Lovely Sirens. This is music by Stacey Garrup, performed by the CCPA Symphony Orchestra. Alandra de la Para is the conductor.
music sketching another dramatic transformation, high drama, of course, in Greek mythology, much like the opening movement that we heard, Becoming Medusa, where we hear the transformation of a beautiful woman into this hideous gorgon. Now we have the lovely sirens, but they're not just lying around being lovely. They're actually tempting sailors to their deaths. <laughs> so we hear this transformation in the music also. Pieces by Stacey Garrett. It is part of her mythology symphony, which I am featuring in its entirety on the program today. We heard Alandra de la Para leading the CCPA Symphony Orchestra. Let's hear now the finale of the symphony, Pandora Undone. Pandora, of course, is the unlucky girl in Greek mythology who opens the box filled with all human maladies. The only good thing in the box is hope. We'll hear both aspects of this in the piece. The music again is by Stacey Garrup, and it's a relatively new recording by the CCPA Symphony Orchestra. Here again is Elandra de la Para to lead them in Pandora Undone.
That's the finale of the Mythology Symphony, and a great finish it is. It's Pandora Undone. Not only is it the undoing of Pandora, but arguably of all of humanity, although we were left with hope, and there is that ray of hope in the music. As written by Stacey Garrup, again, this is the Mythology Symphony, which I featured in its entirety on the program today. We heard the CCPA Symphony Orchestra led by Alandra de la Para. This is a relatively new release. It was great to be able to play the whole piece. I don't often get to play a large-scale work on the program. It's also great to be able to talk with Stacey Garrup, the composer of the work, and not only about the music, but also about this huge decision that she made in her life and career to leave her tenured professorship and pursue a career as a full-time composer. So again, I'm really looking forward to hearing the next release that comes from Stacy. We have just a teensy bit of time left in the program today, and I thought it'd be fun to go out with another take on the Medusa myth. This time it is by Christopher Rouse. Here is the Colorado Symphony Orchestra led by Marin Alsop. We're going to hear just as much as we can of the third movement called Medusa from his piece, Gorgon. Relevant Tones has been produced by Sarah Zwinkless and is made possible by the generous support of the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music and the listener supporters of WFMT. This project is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Art Works. I'm Seth Bosted, and this is the WFMT Radio Network Chicago.